feel like I'm trying to change it up. You're trying really hard to welcome people in different ways. <laughs> I was trying to think through different ways that I say hi to people on the phone, but they're all embarrassing. That didn't sound very enthusiastic if I'm being Yeah, honest. no, I was trying to tone it down because like sometimes I call people and when they answer, I'm like, hello. <laughs> and that's too much for the top of a That podcast. is too much. But hello and Hi. welcome to Say Smut, a literary podcast for readers and non-readers. Welcome. That is Sarah and she loves books. And I that- am Hope. I love talking. She sure does. <laughs> anyway, each episode, as you know, Sarah breaks down the plots of some pretty wild books to me, Hope, who hasn't read them. Don't know what this one's going to be about. Can't wait to get started. You do kind of know what this one's about. I do. Because I did give you, and like the the title gives it away a little bit. But before we get in, I do want to give you like a 15 second book drama situation. Go for it. I think this is hilarious because as I mentioned in our last book drama conversation, some book drama like leads to really important conversations and Mm -hmm. some book drama is just dumb. (laughs) It's just like, why is this even happening? So a lovely woman wanted to read an arc, which if you don't know what an arc is, an advanced reader copy of a book called Three Rivers by Sarah Stuzik, I think is the last name. She ended up uh, giving the book four out of five stars and said it was good, but the end was a little predictable. Then the author allegedly went on TikTok calling out the reviewer and calling her a bitch. Oh, no. And this obviously brings up the age old problem of like authors entering reviewer spaces but then other people started review bombing this book on Goodreads. Oh, and no. now it's at like a 1.1 star. And oh, wow. Because here's the thing. She gave it four out of five stars. That's really good stuff. Yeah, that's a great rate. It's better than how our weird ratings turn out at the end of every it episode sure is. up to this point, actually. And so then to go online and bash her for an honest oh. review. And then apparently she like doubled down on this because her video calling her a bitch was was taken down on TikTok due to community guidelines. It's, it is kind and, of bullying. Yeah, I mean... And then she doubled, the author doubled down and said it was a joke. She was a, she's a comedian and no one can take a joke. And I'm like, oh, what's it? Like, if no one's laughing, was that a joke? You're a bitch. Ha ha. (laughs) It's just hilarious. (laughs) Ha ha ha. How, I don't know how, anyway, I just think this is ridiculous because it just feels like she's on her island of one over here, like defending her actions and like everybody else is like, no, you're terrible. Please don't ever do that again. Thank you. If a lot of people are telling you you're being a butthead, it usually isn't the move to double down, but what? What could I know? I also heard a rumor on TikTok that she lost her uh, her publishing deal, but I don't know if that's true. So I don't want to necessarily like say that that is uh, like set in stone. But I mean, it would be hard to sell a book after <laughs> after that. And this was the woman's first book, so uh, sorry. Four out of five stars wasn't that bad, guys. Four out of five stars. I I most of the books on Goodreads average out to less than four out of five stars. So I would say, you know, you should have just taken the W and left. I'm way harder to impress than that. That is true. Um, with that said, uh, we're gonna get into our book this time around, which is Ice Planet Barbarians. Talk about a book that is not a literary like Gosh, it's not going to go down as one of the classics, but it was sure a good time. My gosh. All, and I haven't read this, but speak for yourself. 
Uh, this is already in my heart a classic, and I don't know a lot of the plot, so this will not be different from our other episodes. But pr- before we even really fully fleshed out conceptually this podcast, Sarah has mentioned to me aspects of this book. I have. I This was actually one of the many reasons we discussed starting the podcast. Yeah, truly. So, because these books are so ridiculous and they're so fun. And that's why I gave this book a four out of five stars because it, again, I just had fun reading it. And I'm not a fast reader. I read it in one afternoon and then I read the second one in another afternoon. Um, but let me, let me, talk about ice planet barbarians by ruby dixon a second okay first of all content warnings there is very light mention of sexual assault i'm not going to get into it so if you're okay with me just saying you know one little thing and moving on then that's great if you are like nope gotta come back next time we'll see you next time obviously there's going to be sexual consensual sexual content and there is mention of kidnapping um and so with that said, I know, I know I just laid on some heavy things, but this almost feels like a cozy read. I hate <laughs> saying that when you get past the first 30 pages, you're like, oh no, this is a comfort read for sure. Like nothing in this book is uber serious other than the first 30 pages. Um, on Storygraph, it has, okay, these are the lowest ratings we've gotten so far, but on Storygraph, it has a 3.43 and on Goodreads, okay. it has a 3.67. Still not bad. I have a feeling I, well... I have a feeling that I will like it because you, of its oh. nonsensical qualities. <laughs> We're going into a sci-fi romance and you yeah. did kind of get a sci-fi romance book last time too. And you loved that. So. I did. It was great for me. So <sighs> a little bit about Ruby Dixon um, on, I love this quote from her bio. It says she likes quote, faded mates, baby filled epilogues and cinnamon roll heroes, which if you don't know, like cin- I was talking about that's a variety of words. It is a lot. But if you guys don't know, cinnamon roll heroes are like cinnamon roll characters are supposed to be like your sweet, loving, very innocent, like just happy go lucky, happy to be there, like very warm and gooey on the inside. (laughs) A tiny man who is a cinnamon roll with legs and arms. Yes. Um, Just yeah. Just picture that little mascot in your head. Um, So Ice Planet Barbarians was written in 2015. And since it has expanded to... 22 books oh that's beautiful there are 22 books in this series and in 2021 height of like covid people are getting back into reading book talk is just blowing up the book rose to fame on tiktok and this is like the pinnacle of the power of book talk right like the fact that this book was self-published on i think kindle only if i remember at least ebook only there was there was no physical books published um that ruby dixon was just doing this for the love of doing this and she was she had written she has now written over i think 150 books that's Um, great and she this book just all of a sudden pops off because of one creator who highlighted it and then it went almost overnight to number one on amazon like nice and it's self-published it's um just pops off and like look all i can say is follow your dreams man follow your dreams and it's also the pinnacle of like uh, like uh literature geared towards the female gaze right Mm. like all of what you hear today is going to be very this is written by women for women and their pleasure (laughs) and and i'm gonna guess well i don't want to be wrong i was gonna say probably written 
by women who like to look at men specifically for women who like to look at men specifically. But yeah. I don't want to assume. I, yeah, look, it's, it's open. But here's the thing. There's a CNN article called Ice Planet Barbarians. Um, something. It, I can't remember. Sorry, the, the title is not here right now. Let me. Let me click and get it for you. But um, how Ice Planet Barbarians... Um, oh, no, sorry. They changed the headline. It's not what I thought it was. How Sexy Blue Aliens Invaded Amazon's Bestseller List, which excellent. Mm-hmm. As people That's who a work good in digital journalism, we love that headline. Chef's Kiss, good headline for me. Please go read it if you have a chance. It talks about the power of book talk. Um, anyway, so before we get into this, I actually want hope to start with her book report on <gasps> alien yes i want you to start i asked her to research alien abductions and oh, i was wondering yes. if you could just give us some insight i can this is gonna be i think a roller coaster for us all it hadn't occurred to me the broadness of this research when sarah <laughs> presented it to me and Sarah was like researched the origins of alien abductions and I I mean I did kind of think like ancient aliens exists and suggests to me that the history starts pretty far back but even then I maybe figured I could scope out it's a what I'm going to say off the top guys it's a lot it's a lot and I had to narrow it down well the book is going to be a lot so this is just going to be an episode of a lot a lot a lot Welcome to a lot the episode. Um, I hope we can all understand why this was a tougher subject to find reliable research on. Yeah, I, I did my best, guys. I did it. I did my best. Um, we, we, I think at this point we know that you're not going to be an expert in every single field. I ask you to Google search on. You'll be so, amazed to know I'm not an expert in alien abductions. Insane to me. Insane. Anyway, but we went to NASA. We went to Wikipedia. <laughs> We went to an NBC website. We went a lot of places. Anyway, we went to Harvard. Join me on this adventure while we talk about alien abductions. Okay, so to start, sorry, it's just, it's going to be that kind of an episode. I just think, I think that should be clear. So to start, I thought we would zoom right in with the most fact-based information I could find, which is just going to be a primer on NASA and aliens. Um. And then we're just going to see where my research takes us from there. So according to a delightful FAQ style webpage I found on NASA.gov, quote, one of NASA's key goals is the search for life in the universe. To date, NASA has yet to find any credible evidence of extraterrestrial life. However, NASA has long been exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer fundamental questions, including whether we are alone in the universe. I just love that and i understand why but that nasa was like we're gonna get a lot of questions about aliens and ufos i i have to ask just to start do you yeah in, do you believe in aliens i certainly don't think that human beings on earth are the only living beings in the whole advance of space here's another we're, let's get vulnerable for a second about me. Oh, Hope. I space really freaks me the fuck out. Everyone, <laughs> I it's big. Sorry, I did not mean to laugh oh, at your. No, I just didn't fine. expect that to be the next step nah, in this conversation. It's big. It's too big and it's too spooky and it's full of a lot of unknowns that really stress me out. I feel that so, way about the ocean, so, so I get it. But in its vastness, I don't assume that human beings are the only beings who exist. I will say I don't. No, because I've never personally encountered aliens as they are commonly thought of in like popular culture. 
Uh, I don't personally relate to any of the claims of aliens that I found in my research, but I think I for sure don't think it's just Earth people are the only people. What about you, Sarah? I am on the same boat. I, I get a little overwhelmed when I think about space because it just feels so big and we start feeling very small and maybe that's a good reality check, but at the same time, it makes me feel like nothing matters. And then I go into like a very dark place in my mind, (laughs) but then you think about, uh, ice planet barbarians and you get a little bit happier. Um, but I will say my dad once said it's very, it's very conceited of, of us as humans to believe that we are the only life forms that were created whether you are religious or not right we were the only ones created in this vast vast universe expansion of space so and he even was like it's it's also dumb of us to think that everything out there is smarter than us that they got like spaceships they're like they could be like little blobs just rolling around on mars could could be like cell size entities yeah scooting could be wild shit out there but mm-hmm. yes i'm with you so i apologize for interrupting i just wanted to get no, that no. out there before yeah. we went too far in that's a good i had a friend in high school who was um very deeply and in my head not unreasonable because i just said straight up i think that there are other beings out there but he had a fear very specifically of like signs style aliens like like take me to your leader we've beamed down to your earth and we're taking over kind of aliens and i always thought that was a very funny thing to be super afraid of as long as we're talking about pop culture reference to aliens i do want to quick address that arrival is one of the best movies of all time have you watched it no but i've either we've talked about it or someone else has talked to me about it Okay, I know I'm sorry. I have it. to look up uh, who the cast is because I'm terrible at names. So it's Amy Adams. Yes, is like a linguistic say, person. Amy? Yeah, Amy is a li- linguistic person who comes in because they have like these weird spaceships that come, and she starts communicating with these aliens. And mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner's in it. Oh, um, I love Jeremy Renner. Reiner, Renner. Yeah, I like to say his name weird. Anyway, anyway, he he is in it. There's a great cast. If anybody wants to watch a great alien movie, that is it. Anyway, sorry. Please go on with your research. I'm sorry to just completely (laughs) derail. I don't even worry about it. I'm here to bring us back. So, for anybody who is concerned, and I am, NASA uses um, astrobiology to study whether life exists elsewhere in the universe. Uh, they study how life may have began or evolved, if it does exist elsewhere in the universe, where it might exist elsewhere in the universe, how we might be able to find it out in the universe, etc. Um, NASA also goes on missions looking for habitable planets, which is the kind of stuff you, you know, think yeah. of when you think of NASA. So not anything super crazy. Um, they also track biosignatures, which when I thought of it in my head was like, crazy wave beams that say life is here but then i looked into what it actually is and felt dumb because it's just like signs of oxygen yeah and carbon dioxide it's like that planet. weird thing where they'll say say like oh technically we think that there could be water on mars and you're right. like oh got it okay yeah so they look for stuff like that in other atmospheres um those are the sort of things that nasa is searching for i could go on i'm not going to um just know that those are the types of of searching that they do. NASA also said on this, again, really good for me FAQ page because it just, I can only imagine the person who wrote it being like, please stop asking. Can we about just stop aliens and questions? <laughs> please. Stop. I answered this please. once. 
Please, for the love of God, stop making me answer this question. What you saw was a balloon. What you saw was a balloon. Anyway. It was just a weird cloud. Anyway. It was just the military just flying some weird shit up there, okay? Uh, Let's... I will say, in the same way that we aren't here to really shit on people for their preferences and you know yeah. orientation for details listen to episode one i am not here to say that you did not see a ufo no and i'd like to retract the joke that i made i am not going to retract the joke that i made because i i as somebody we both worked at um at a news station with meteorologists yeah, and they would get pictures of like weird cloud formations and people would be like what is this and it's like no no no, that's actually just a cloud a tornado really no. just a cloud <laughs> Anyway, so NASA doesn't actively search for what they call unidentified aerial phenomena, which are called UAP, which are basically UFOs. Uh, So, like, they'll take your report of it. They're just not actively searching. Mm -hmm. Cool? Cool. Cool. (laughs) That's that's where we're at with NASA and aliens. I could have looked into Space Force. It's not really about that kind of stuff. Also, I can't. I didn't feel like it, so I didn't. That's fair. No, no, that's boring. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the (laughs) good stuff. So (laughs) for the sake of really all of our collective sanity, I'm going to focus on one of the earliest widely publicized abduction reports um, in America. It will help all of us if I really narrow the shit down. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. The internet famously is like a vast garbage dump for everything you could want or not want. And information about ufos and aliens is not not included in i feel like that would be the biggest dumpster to jump into (laughs) so we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it pretty narrow um according to the wikipedia page titled history of alien abduction claims yeah that's what we're that's what we're doing that's our sources and i'm not sorry anyway claims of alien abductions have likely existed for decades prior to when they rose in prominence in the u.s which was in the 1950s and 60s but that said they really took off during that time so during the 1950s and the 1960s we had like ufo alien fever um but claims of this kind of stuff likely have existed prior to that point and just weren't as largely publicized so keep keep that in your mind Uh, for the timing of the stuff that I'm talking about. Journalist uh, Andy Jacobson told NPR in 2011 that America's fixation with UFOs began around the summer of 1947. This is when the U.S. Air Force allegedly recovered an alien spacecraft and its occupants near Roswell, New Mexico. Of course, yeah. 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 Uh, We all go, oh, of course, oh, Oh, yeah. So... Uh, That occurred in 1947. Speculation around that incident grew. So the Army Intelligence Corps went on uh, a search for Third Reich aerospace designers who were said to have created a flying disc to see if that's what it was. So like they're they're like, it could be... Look, guys, it's a lot. They're like, it could be from a former Third Reich aerospace designer. Maybe they sent... A crazy flying disc over America. We gotta figure it out. Um, and in that same year as well, the Air Force started a program to investigate UFO sightings, which is called Project Blue Book. Oh, so like Kelly Blue Book? Sorry, <laughs> I'm so if, sorry. If you'd like it to be, I'm sure. just like literally the only Blue Book I know. <laughs> Kelly, and the, and this is actually research about the origins of Kelly Blue Book. Thank and you. This is actually 
UFOs are in Kelly Blue Book. If you want to just, you know, estimate your quote of your UFO yeah. to another UFO, um, you know, rental rental programs, you rental UFO Kelly. programs, whatever have needs you worked, to be done. Have you worked with the Zahane aliens? I gave them three stars. I uh, got the work done, but <laughs> took their sweet time doing it. I, and they charge astronomical prices. Get out! Ah, uh, get this out of podcast. here. Anyway, sorry, we're back on track. <laughs> anyway, so uh, on to our the stars of this. Can alien I? Can I take? Show. Can I just say take one more thing? Of course, just say one more thing I, for those watching on YouTube or any of our videos. I am wearing my Devil's Tower T-shirt, which is in uh, Wyoming, and it's known to be like a, a like a alien place. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I just I wore it for today. Anyway, not important. Thank you. So you go ahead. uh, No problem. Transport with me back in time to the year 1961. I'm there. This is when the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in America happened. On September 19th of 1961 in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a couple who were named uh, Betty and Barney Hill reported- That's yes. Cute. First of all, they're very cute. You can find pictures of them because this isn't like a way back in time thing. This is like in the sixties. So no, I've got a picture of them in my head. It's okay. Yeah, but I, yeah, go use use your Barney imagination for this one. So Betty and Barney are driving in their car, and all of a sudden they say that they have spotted a beam of light, okay. very bright, coming up from behind them. Got it. And then they said this light. It, it became clear that it wasn't coming from a different car or anything. It appeared to be coming from a ship that was floating above them and getting brighter and more over them. So okay. they pull over. And at that point, they say that the light that they'd been seeing, you know, caught up to them and enveloped them and that they remember the light enveloping them right before they blacked out. Okay. Horrifying. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that would be horrifying. Uh-huh. Uh, then... We much like the last episode of our podcast, we jump forward in time, but instead of it being three months, it's two hours. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, an, an amount of hours. Betty and Barty came to in their cars. Some reports say they were driving their cars, not just that they were in their car. Yeah, you know where they, they, were they like had being active. Out. Yeah, they were they were driving their car and miles from where they had pulled over, <gasps> and oh. they said that they couldn't remember the past two hours. They'd noticed on like a dash or uh, some time keeping some form, whatever they noticed that two hours had passed and they didn't remember it at all. I know that that's not what's happening here, but like uh, the highway hypnosis thing really freaks me out because it has happened to me before where you're, cause I used to, there's a one pathway to get home. I've taken hundreds, maybe borderline thousands of times. And I, like I know the route so well that sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I didn't know I was already here. Like, Oh, you know, but I know that's not what it is, but I would think that that would yeah. be like almost a similar feeling. Yeah, It's kind of like that as, as the world's champion car singer, I lose all kinds of time, just really jamming. So I imagine it was kind of like that, but scarier, yeah. very scary because yes. aliens. Anyway. So were they two hours away or like, I want to know like distance wise. No. So they were not two hours away. This, this will maybe become a little more clear as I talk about okay, sorry. some stuff that we get into, but they, they've essentially woken up. They are some amount of miles away from where they had pulled over and that amount of time has passed, but 
it doesn't indicate that they've been driving they've for been that driving for that long got it yes so um they come to in the car they are miles away from where they had pulled over um some accounts say actually driving betty had found that the zipper on her dress was torn and stained oh um, that's weird the, yeah the car reportedly had some mysterious marks on it i don't know where couldn't find where i i assume they pulled over who could say who unless they were inside the car anyway was not made clear to me um but apparently barney had had a pair of binoculars and the strap broke so i guess they couldn't think of anything cooler to happen to barney <laughs> barney they were like mm. also yeah they were like they was like my my dress zipper is torn and it's stained and there's marks on the car and barney was like my binocular strap is is broken in my image i have barney with glasses and so um like really thick you know glasses and you really kind of like broken nose or like done yeah. something funky no. to his outfit or i'm what? glad your glasses didn't break Bart. you gotta see those yeah you gotta see what those um can relate so anyway so uh, also a little bit of a shame that barney didn't apparently attempt to use what if they like, take barney what if they were the like floating ship just I'm I'm gonna touch on it once and then I'm gonna set it back down and I'm gonna walk away from it. But he did have binoculars in the car and there was an apparent flying ship coming from behind them and I, someone could have used yeah the binoculars. It's fine. That's well, fine. maybe you can't. Maybe they were a million pounds and you simply can't use them if the strap is broken. I can't know that. I can't know it either. But so this is our outcome. Everybody otherwise seemingly fine. Betty's got some damage to a dress. There's damage to a car. There's damage to a binocular strap. Um, both reported having nightmares and anxiety following the abduction, which I think is fair. Um, if you have been in a car and then all of a sudden hours have passed and you lost time and there were bright lights and I imagine really freak you out. So they went to hypnosis for treatment as you do in the sixties. Um, yeah. And they reported that in their uh, hypnosis sessions that they did to try and help subdue these nightmares and anxiety and try and kind of recall what had happened to them. Because at this point they just know they were at point a and then ended at point B and then don't know what the in-between was. Yeah. Uh, they had these sessions and then reported that they had been like remembered in their hypnosis that they had been brought onto a ship that they were taken into separate rooms on that ship. And then I found a report that said they were physically examined and it didn't say more. And I felt like that was probably enough, but that yeah. is what they ended up uh, recalling after doing uh, this hypnosis, after having all these nightmares and anxiety from the abduction. So eventually their story got picked up by the press and blew up. And it was in, you know, the context I had previously provided of Roswell and, yes. uh, maybe old third right people made some crazy crafts and we got investigated. All this stuff is happening. This story gets a lot of, uh, a lot of sway mm -hmm. in the, in the media and gets brought up. This story became so big that there was a made for TV movie about it. And it had James Earl Jones and wow. Parsons in it. That's incredible. That's just a fun fact for you. I didn't look I like more it. into that. I had intended to. But again, I could have gone on about this research for such a long time. And I was like, this is enough. Just know that James Earl Jones uh, is in a movie about this alien abduction claim. 
Anyway, uh, according to Wikipedia, the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill was one of the earliest reports to include two different things that became fairly prominent in other abduction stories. So first, it was one of the first claims where uh, beings that would eventually be referred to as greys were included. So like, uh, you know, tall, lanky, big head beings. Like yeah. that kind of stereotypical alien representation. Um, it was one of the first times that someone had made a claim and it included that specific description and it became a lot more popular, included in more uh, mm-hmm. abduction claims further down the line. The second thing is that uh, in their claim, these beings were very specifically identified as being extraterrestrial in origin. Um, the Wikipedia page said, <laughs> quote, the stellar system centered on the stars Zeta Ritkuli was later suspected as their point of origin. So take that as you will. Who could know what it means? I am not a scientist. I think our core takeaway is that someone somewhere decided the beings in this abduction story came from a very specific How do you even solar system. That? How do you even choose Look. that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, I, again, not a scientist, but... How do you yes. decide that? Anyway, uh, who could? Wild. It's it is important to note that apparently uh, the Hill story didn't get much attention from quote ufology, which is just people who study extraterrestrial mm-hmm. or or just like unidentified craft, not even just necessarily you know alien stuff. But at the time when people were looking into yeah to UFOs and stuff, this claim uh, ufology was apparently reluctant to consider in general, not just because of the hills. They're in general at the time they were reluctant to consider encounters of the third kind. So if people were claiming that they had had like physical interactions with uh, the occupants of a UFO, people who studied UFOs weren't as likely to believe that. But if you had reported that you saw one in the sky, they were a little more eager to look. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Um, according to the wiki project blue book, which <laughs> Kelly, Kelly blue, blue book, book, which I mentioned yeah. earlier, uh, went on to report 12,618 strange sightings. And when the research for it and the kind of active investigation was phased out around 700 of those sightings were still categorized as unidentified, according to the national archives. Now, look, when I, when I saw this snippet and it was like the reports, which you can find in the National Archives, say there were this many strange sightings and this many of them were unidentified. Me, a quasi-former journalist, will think I got to look at that report and I want everyone to know that I for sure didn't do that. And here's why. The Project Blue Book reference report, so just the reference report, includes i'm just gonna read this full quote from the website approximately two cubic feet of unarranged project or administrative files 37 cubic feet of case files in which individual sightings are arranged chronologically and three cubic feet of records relating to the office of special investigations portions of which are arranged chronologically uh, by district and by overseas command. A cubic foot of records comprises of about 2,000 pages. I could never. 
Never. I'm sorry. We love you guys. We want to inform you guys, but that is not going to be what we do today. This is not our full-time job. My college education has ingrained in me the importance of sources and fact-checking. And my regular-ass human being was like, that's too many cubic feet of paper for me to look at. Yeah, I don't know how you measure things as far as like pages of information, but I never knew that we would have to do it via cube cubic feet. If you are dealing in so much information that the only reasonable way to measure the information is by how many cubic feet of it you have, you done fucked up. That's too much. (laughs) It's not good organization, you guys. That's that's too many papers. Um, so, so anyway, all of that to say, there were a lot of claims. Some of them, apparently, the government looked into and couldn't figure out. So they're a mystery. But I wasn't oh. about to waste all of our lives in five quadrillion cubic feet of papers to try and justify it. Instead, I did this small final note of research. So in 2003, the Harvard Gazette reported uh, on a psychology experiment that they were doing at the University of Harvard. And it was intended to determine whether uh, recalling memories of an abduction by aliens would provoke a similar response in the people who said they had been abducted as, say, a combat veteran or someone who's experienced some kind of trauma. Um, I won't get too deep into it because I, I don't want to do like a big disclaimer on various types of trauma they're trying to compare it to but just know in general mm-hmm. the, the purpose of this experiment was to see if uh people who said they were abducted by aliens had similar sort of almost like ptsd symptoms when remembering it so in this experiment six women and four men who had claimed that they were abducted one time sometime some multiple times it it varied person to person um but they were invited to participate they were placed under hypnosis and during that time seven of those 10 participants reported having their i'm sorry we're gonna look at me real serious this is a serious science done at harvard no one's giggling because it's funny some of us are giggling because we just are taking the information we have anyway under hypnosis, seven of the ten people reported having their sperm or eggs extracted for breeding purposes or experiencing direct sexual contact with space aliens. So of, and this is just the first part of the experiment. Off the bat, under hypnosis, of the of the ten of them, seven had reported that that was what happened when they were abducted by aliens. Hang in there with me so note that that's this this is the first thing that happened um these interviews were recorded by the re or well first they had the hypnosis to be like this is what happened to me and then researchers in- interviewed each individual participant to hear their abduction story um, and they recorded those interviews and they made transcripts of the experiences they now remembered having so each person would go into a, a room i assuming and talk to these researchers and be like here's i was a tuesday and i saw a shine in the sky and then i was beamed into a ship and x y and z things happened to me and they just sat and recorded all of that stuff then they used the transcripts from the interviews and created a script out of them so essentially took each person's story and yeah. put it in a script format and then they recorded someone reading each script in a neutral voice. Just so, yes. So then the, the next kind of whole purpose of this experiment happens, which is that they went back to these six women and these four men and played them the tapes of the stories they had recorded. So it's they're not listening to themselves recount 
yeah. their abduction. They're listening to someone in a neutral voice recount their abduction to them. Okay. Um, and then the researchers monitored their responses, whether, you know, their heart rates, if they got sweaty palms, like varying reactions that they had um, to hearing their own responses. And then they also did a similar experiment with eight people who had traumatic experiences that weren't related to aliens. So, you know, okay. got, found their story, interviewed them and recorded it, turned it into a script, had someone read it in normal voice, and then had the person who experienced the trauma listen to it and gauged their response. So that that is the crux of the experiment. Um, when the two measurements were compared between people who had said they were abducted by aliens and people who had had unrelated to alien trauma... The study found that the uh, abduction uh, stories and, and people listening to the abduction stories resulted in surprisingly strong uh, physiological reactions to the tapes. So people who had encountered aliens and then listened to the encounter had very, very strong reactions, like think, you know, super spiked heart rates and super spiked yeah. palms, like major, major reactions to listening to these uh, tapes and that it was greater than the reactions of the individuals who had different trauma happen to them. So in the group of non-alien people, not that they didn't have reactions like that, but the people who yeah. had said they had these alien experiences had even more extreme responses. Now, uh, the article on this research went on to say that the Harvard researchers didn't consider the possibility that the people in the study or anybody else in in the world had actually been abducted by aliens they weren't like we think these people have been abducted by aliens and we're trying to see if they have a ptsd response to that one time when they were abducted by aliens yeah um, instead they attributed it to sleep paralysis essentially they called it uh, dreaming with your eyes open but essentially uh sleep paralysis like episodes happen you know uh Right when you're about to wake up from a dream, um, you may still be having very vivid, like, you know, mental visuals of what's happening. And when we sleep, our bodies enter like a paralysis so that we don't run out of bed when we have a scary dream and like try and attack the monsters in our dream. Uh, yeah. Your body's just like, let's turn off all this stuff so that you don't sleep, walk and sleep, fight your dream monsters. But sometimes people will come out of a dream and their body still has that paralysis going, but they're also still kind of having the dream and they're also kind of conscious and it can result in, you know, having a very terrifying experience where you can't move your body and you think you've seen a bunch of things. So at Harvard, these uh, researchers essentially were saying, they think we, that the experience yeah. was sleep yeah. paralysis. We, we think that, you know, these people may have been sleeping and uh, awakening from this dream before the paralysis goes away. And then they have essentially hallucinations of, you know, seeing lights and things kind of lurking around their bed and, and stuff Which like if, that. If you ever heard about like a sleep paralysis demon, like essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's, it's just like your consciousness trying to keep up with reality when you're trying to go from sleep to awake. Right. Yeah. It's sleep. I, I pulled this into my research. Sleep paralysis is common and it's not more indicative of, mental illness than people who have hiccups it's just like a thing that can happen um, yeah. but when they when you have that paralysis and you have uh kind of the hallucinations that can occur when you're coming in out of dreams combined it can turn into a really frightening experience and uh 
people who have that might attribute meaning into those experiences and then have very, it just, you know, it's a lot to yeah. deal with. So it also, in gen, the, la the sincerely last thing I'm going to say about aliens is that not everybody reported having a bad experience with aliens. I don't want to make I don't want to make you assume that aliens are yeah. abducting you for bad reasons. Sometimes don't assume the it's worst. pleasant. Some reported good experiences with aliens. So take your assumptions and you just chuck them out the window. Yeah, there are good aliens, there are bad aliens, there are good humans, there are bad humans. So life, life isn't just black and white. Sometimes it's hey, gray, and that's true with aliens. That was a great report. That was it, a very in-depth. I feel like you know everything about aliens now. Look, I realize that this has gone on for an incredible amount of time, and we've not even talked about the book yet. Please know this was the whittled down version of alien research. I can't imagine what else we could have gotten into, but so here's much. What I, here's what I'll say. We are going to enter the book with an alien abduction. Okay. Amazing. So we open on our main character, Georgie, who has been abducted and drugged by aliens. She is in the cargo hold of a ship with a bunch, like a spaceship with a bunch of other women. And mm -hmm. they, they all fit the same kind of criteria. They're all 22 years old about they're, they're in good health. They are not pregnant mm -hmm. except for one of them, which was accidentally pregnant, but then it was just a whole thing. Ah, um, they, they all live alone and they're not super close with their families in like geographically. And she's like, I was literally just sleeping. I fell, fell asleep after heating up a lean cuisine. And now here I am like off, off the jump. I have so many questions, but only one that matters to me right now is how did you all figure that out about each other when abducted on the ship? I imagine if you will being abducted by aliens on a ship, you've blacked out. Maybe you're in a car with your cute little husband or your cute little wife, your cute little partner. And then a bright light came up behind you and then you got beamed up and you lost two hours. And then in that two hours, you actually came to and you're in an alien ship and you're yeah. surrounded by a bunch of people and your instinct isn't first to maybe just scream and second to maybe have a full emotional snap, like full breakdown is to be like, so what's your deal? I, I am skimming down this I'm, situation. I am single because... 22 and not pregnant. Tell me more about you. You are oversimplifying what you don't know. <laughs> That's true, guys. I have because not read the book. The reality of it is they do go through that, right? Like, so okay. they, there's a girl. Apparently, these women had been abducted over several weeks. So some of them have been on the ship for a longer period of time. Whereas, like, Georgie just rolled up and she, like, wakes up. She's, like, half drugged. And this girl kind of takes her under her arm and is like, I was like hey, new here's the thing. <laughs> First abduction. You, you cannot freak out because these men or alien men will come in and physically be violent with us in sexual and non-sexual ways. And so we, I need you to calm the F down is what she's pretty much doing. So, you know what? Really insensitive of you to I assume know. that. Okay. Take your judgments and dial them down. Okay. I just said we were taking our judgments and throwing them out the window. And then I and caught then you them from out the window and I caught them back in from the window and I stuffed them in a little jar. Now I'm just throwing them around the podcast. So what they, what the women who have been around for a while have figured out and they're like explaining to Georgie is that these aliens are human smugglers and they are essentially hu human trafficking to the generic space uh, frontier. Okay. And uh -huh. they think, cause there's some women who are like in these like, 
almost like test tube pods who are like kind of hibernating. They're not Mm -hmm. conscious or anything, but then all the other women are just like sitting out and they're like, okay, clearly they were here to pick up some women. And then they got greedy and picked up way more women than they could hold because we're all sitting here awake slightly drugged some of us some of us have been here for a while whereas those women have been hibernating in those little test tube things over there okay just like really into collecting lady of a ship full of women a ship full of women who could be used for breeding who could be used for all sorts of terrible things right who could say so and again this is the first 30 pages so like it is kind of intense in the first 30 pages i will say like it is kind of dark yeah, we have to go from the shock and realization of having been abducted by aliens, the full mental breakdown, and the fun circle where we all talk about who we are, what our personal traits are, and how long we've been well, on this well, ship. Well, imagine. Okay, I want you to sit back. 30 pages. I want you to sit back. You're being really judgy. I want you to sit back and think about this for a second. If you've been on this flipping ship for, like, weeks, and you look around and you think, why am I on the ship? How was I picked? Right, and right, I look right. around and I see all women about the same age as me. Uh-huh. And then you start talking to them because you guys yeah. are trauma bonding. Yeah. No, that yeah, it's going to get around hope. Look, we all became best friends through a trauma we still haven't worked through. Yes. I get it. It's just, and also every book we cover in my heart is instantly a comedy. So situations <laughs> that aren't supposed to be funny in my crazy clown brain are already, that's a little silly. No, everything in this book is silly after the first 30 pages. You'll never believe it, but Hope thinks Ice Planet Barbarians might be a little silly. It is absolutely silly. I will say, like, again, I want to emphasize there is mention of sexual assault in this book um, at the beginning because the alien cap, like, captors are raping the women. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is literally brushed over and then, like, moved on. So understand that that trauma is there for these women but like also we are going to kind of get into silly goofy time so yes yeah it is kind of a tone change there that's very awkward um uh or uncomfortable when it does kind of get into like silly goofy mode okay so there is one woman who's named kira i think kira and she is a translator because they literally just had this device and they stuck it to the side of her head and stapled it in oh and she can now understand everything the aliens say but Mm -hmm. she cannot communicate back it's not like she has like the ability to just right yeah so she understands things that they've been saying also they all have tracking devices in them and these are horrible conditions. There are no toilets because again, they weren't expecting to have all these other women. They were going to hibernate them all. There's very limited food and water. There's too many women in a small space. Plus, like I said, aliens are violent. So plus, I regular want- dudes don't even know what ladies need to like thrive and survive. So I certainly don't expect I- Ice Planet Barbarians to like. No, know no, 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 no. We're not at the Ice Planet Barbarians. Don't don't label these guys as the Ice Planet Barbarians. They're not the Ice Planet Barbarians. I can't know that. I'm sorry. I should have disclosed that. <laughs> I feel like I Hope and I are very that. contentious right, right now where I'm like, do not be mean to this book. I'm being really, I'm, I'm not being mean to the book. And the problem is that I'm being really racist to Ice Planet Barbarians and I need to you check need to, myself okay, before these I are wreck just myself. Like, we'll call them the bad guys, okay? Because okay. they're just the bad guys at this point. Gotcha. Anyway, you are in this situation. What is your next step, Hope? I the only thing you can do is is come together with your sisters and hatch a plan to try and maybe like take over the ship or like there's yes. there's so so many ladies and I haven't seen the captors yet. I don't know if they outnumber, but 
instinctually you gotta band together as soon as possible yeah and these i mean there's like what five or six women who are out mingling right not in the little test tube things and then the actual captors are we don't know how many there are but we know they've got guns and they're like Mm -hmm. standing right outside the door but they do come together and try and create an escape plan all headed by Georgie, our main girl. And you have a lot of different personalities in this group. You have women who are just sobbing and weeping and can't get a hold of themselves because again, they are traumatized to multiple degrees. But then there is like Liz who the second book is about. And Liz is like, like kind of a honky tonk, like tough, go get them farm girl. Like let's do Mm -hmm. this mother Mm -hmm. effer. Let's go. So they're going to try and like, like, beat up one of their little captors who's watching over them and when they do all of a sudden things start beeping things are like kind of shaking around and they're like what the hell's going on and it happens that the ship is detaching that cargo hold and because the ship is going to crash so they're detaching that cargo hold and now the cargo hold is now crashing is the crashing related to the attack that's happening or no i don't think so i think this is and so she just beat the shit out of this alien guy and took yeah. his gun. Yeah. But now the the cargo hold crashes into another planet. Tough and, set of circumstances. And there is like a crack at the top and the women are freaking out and they're like, well, we can still breathe. So clearly this place has oxygen. Also, I'm seeing some snowflake and we are hella cold. So clearly that's a problem. And Georgie's like, also, I got a broken arm. Unfortunately, there's also some women who died in the crash, but Aww. it's fine. Because it would be too many women characters to keep track of. They're, they're, if they all survived. People, you guys. Um. Anyway, so... They're like, okay, what do we do now? And the translator girl said she overheard the aliens say in the like announcements when they were going to dump them that they were dumping the cargo at a safe location to come and pick them back up later. Okay. 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 So they're like, oh shit, these guys are coming back for us. Bad guys are coming back for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Georgie has kind of voted the leader and she's like, okay, I'm going to go survey the area. And she doesn't have any proper clothing. So she takes the dead guards clothes and his gun because it's freezing out. And most of these girls are in their pajamas. Right. Right. Um, And so when she gets out of the cargo hold, she's like praying, like maybe I'm in Finland. Maybe I'm in Canada. Maybe we're still on earth. And maybe this is going to turn it into a vacation on the Alps. Maybe this say? is the hatchet. Maybe, honestly. Maybe this is the hatchet. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Look, I can't middle, rule it out. My middle school required reading, the hatchet, is actually Ice Planet Barbarians Evolved. Okay. Or maybe it's like that little snippet in Monsters where they get kicked out to the snowy area. They go into a cave and there's a friendly abominable snowman <gasps> who gives them yes. snow cones. I can't know what's going to happen. I haven't read the book. She does get out and she notices there are two sons. So she's like, not Earth. Okay. Sucks to suck. Mm. Um, But then she starts calling it not Hoth. As in reference to the Star Wars planet Hoth of Uh, the original Star Wars. Yes. To keep track of where we're at, it's one of those situations where real world things exist. So this inherently has to exist. Everyone remember that all of these events are real and true and scientific. (laughs) There are a lot of really funny, like, cultural references in this book, because now we are getting into silly, goofy time, okay? We are past the first 30, 40 pages. We are into silly, goofy time. 
So she's on a fun nature walk and she comes across some trees and a stream of warm water. That's like clearly from like a hot spring or something. Mm -hmm. So like, she's like, okay, so this is a habitable, habitable place. And like an alien fish almost tries to bite her face off from the stream. And she's like, oh shit. And then she gets stuck in a hunting trap and that leaves her hanging upside down and she starts passing out. Right. Oh no. Now we are entering, which if you guys think I'm thinking now I'm in star Wars mode on Hoth. And if you think I'm thinking of like Luke who gets like captured by that Yeti looking thing and he's hanging upside down and he's trying to grab his lightsaber and he's like Mm -hmm. trying to use the force Mm -hmm. and it's stuck in the snow. Anyway, not important, but just my mental picture going on. Um, So now we're entering Vectal's point of view. Um, Mm. So this is now a dual point of view book, which means we go from his point of view to her point of view. And it is alien human point of view. So he finds Georgie in his trap and obviously doesn't know what she is, but his cooey starts resonating in his chest <laughs> it's always embarrassing when you meet somebody new and then your cooey starts resonating <laughs> your in your chest cooey starts vibrating that's a little yeah. weird happens a lot in junior high <laughs> so embarrassing did you hear that her cooey started resonating just started resonating in front of the whole class so embarrassing um so you'll find out a lot about cooeys and what they do <laughs> And I'm hoping that's how you say it, because it's literally K-H-U-Y. <laughs> um, but I'm not a, well. A cooey resonates if you are going to be mates, if you are mated with that person. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, Vectal has never resonated with somebody. And so now he's resonating for the strange alien person. And he's like, okay, let me take her to my hunting cave really quick and figure this, this shit out. Mm-hmm. So he brings her in and then proceeds to go down on her which let me just make this very clear this man is a cinnamon roll and you will find out he is a very lovely human well not human being non-human being but we do want consent before we start doing things like that first things first we want consent always first second thing second if you're like me and got really caught up in my own alien shit and forgot that cinnamon roll means someone who is warm and kind in the inside and does not actually mean a man made of a cinnamon roll we're gonna get into his description and i promise you he is not like a little mascot cinnamon roll so pillsbury doughboy but made of an actual cinnamon roll yes well georgie wakes up to this man going down on her and she's like you know what this is really weird but also kind of (laughs) awesome i'm not gonna lie to you um it's been a couple weeks I'm a little traumatized and I'm really cold and I'm really hungry. And like, you know what? If I wake up to this type of treatment, it's actually okay. Um, And then she gets a good look at him. Let me just, uh, would you like to close your eyes and I'll just describe? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. (laughs) He has bluish gray alien skin. He Uh is seven feet tall with horns that come about like about his hairline. Okay. Uh He's got black hair. He's very tough, rigid skin, like very tough, tough skin. Um, And it's almost like there's almost like this stone-like rigid element going from his forehead down to his nose. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's like almost like a shell I would almost compare to. Okay. Okay. And then um, he has blue eyes and the blue eyes are important because his cooey gives him blue eyes. Um. He has a textured tongue. No, no, no. Close I'm scoffing because no, I'm sorry. I'm scoffing because his eyes are blue. I, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, he has a textured tongue. 
He has uh, four square, very square fingers. He has a little tail with a little tuft at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, very cute, actually. Uh, his skin feels like suede, and he oh. purrs. Mm. So that's the that's the cooey resonating. <laughs> what are your first thoughts on this man? So it's Avatar. <laughs> it is Avatar slightly changed. It's Avatar and also cats. Avatar and cats. Avatar and the slightly more realistic CGI Lion King. Yes. So meanwhile, he's figuring out her anatomy. He's like, she's got like no hair. She's got like really just soft bald skin. everywhere. She's also really squishy, and like that's gonna be not safe. Um, like mm-hmm. how's she gonna protect? She's so small. She's so small. Also, what's this third nipple between her legs? I don't know what that's about. <laughs> this third nipple. Don't worry, we get into that. So after legs. she reaches oh, climax, mm-hmm. he's very proud of himself because he's thinking, "I am her mate. I have just successfully given her an orgasm. I have." Uh, done the mating i well not fully no 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 just gone down on her so um well then don't be so proud of yourself oh he's just proud because he's like i made her feel good he's a little cinnamon roll he's like i am just happy to be here i'm just happy to make her happy okay so she like kicks him in the chest and like almost Mm -hmm. breaks her foot in the process and then when it switches like stone skin yeah exactly and it switches pov and he's like wait why does she not want to mate with me also, why is she hurting herself? I'm here to protect her. Like, okay, fine. I'll be patient with her. Like, I am here to be her mate. I will do whatever she asks. Um, oh, he's also too confused. rational, actually. Yes. He's also very confused why she doesn't have a cooey. Um, he then tries to give her food that's, like, way too spicy. And mm-hmm. the next day, they go hunting. And they find that the mode of... You're going to find that the mode of transportation for these women is piggyback rides because he's way faster than her and he like radiates heat so it's truly like a heated seat situation it's it is a combination of twilight you better hold on tight spider monkey and also the warmth of jacob yes oh my gosh it's the best of both worlds you get the best of both worlds okay so at one point he grabs her broken arm on accident and not what i thought he was gonna grab gotta be honest no, they're just out hunting at this point. He grabs her arm and thinks he hurt her. And he's like, oh my gosh, I don't know the power of my strengths. Mm-hmm. And he like is almost sick with guilt. And so like Aww. this man is literally fully like, I am smitten as a kitten. I should also make sure you know that he, they, they don't speak the same language. Right. They cannot yeah. understand mm-hmm. each other. It's like and the it's beginning kind of-, of Pocahontas. Yeah. But we don't talk about that movie because it is terrible. We don't. It's not Anyway, not great representation. Okay, so they wash in a stream because she is nasty as hell, and he is hung like a horse. Um, would you like Word. a description of his penis? Boy, would I. Um, his penis obviously massive. Um, it also has ridges on it. Uh, mm-hmm. talk about her pleasure. Am I right? <laughs> I literally wrote that down. Sorry, <laughs> so sorry. But also above his penis is a little knob, which gets referred to as a spur. Um, would you like mm-hmm. to know what that knob with uh, uh, collides with when he is seated within her? I'm gonna guess it's her confusing third nipple down there. It is the third nipple, and guess what? If you go from behind, it's 
another hole um, of so, fourth nipple so if we really want to talk about this this is the epitome of females writing men for women yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah this anatomy is this perfect dude is hung like a rabbit vibrator oh, <laughs> i was so confused because i was like a rabbit like not famously hung famously good at mating though famously good at mating at it like rabbits um okay so then she like kind of teases him because she's like trying to get him to understand i need to go back to that ship remember that like right. and then and then he's she's like teasing him and being like i will give you sexual favors if you take me up that mountain <laughs> take me up the mountain i'll do it which is great because I imagine this is all a lot of like hand gesture communication. So it's yes. like the mountain up there. I'll suck your dick if you yes. take me. Like, <laughs> well, she's like grabbing his penis in public too, which is just like aggressive a too. A lot. Consent, consent, consent. Anyway, so she, uh, he, like realizes she's freezing and decides they need to pit stop in another another cave. And she doesn't love this. So she's like, no, no, no. I need to get up that mountain. And then she accidentally falls into a cavern with wild animals. Don't worry. That's not a main plot point because he comes and saves her. Thank you. Another point of him being like, she is so soft and delicate and tiny. How is she going to protect herself in this wilderness? I don't Mm -hmm. know. So it's obvious that this is going to be an ongoing problem of him trying to explain that he is trying to protect her as a mate and her not understanding and just thinking he's being stubborn. Classic miscommunication trope. Yes, there's also an uh it's also noted that the cooey helps with a bunch of other things like warming your body and like he's like you're going to need one of those if you want to resonate with me too because the, right now this feels very one-sided because you yeah, don't got the, one, I've got one. The cooey does wonders. The cooey does wonders. Does um, body good to have a cooey. <laughs> And so he also like is like, I don't want to push you into mating, aka having sex, because obviously you don't get what's happening right now, which is that I am mating with you. Like we are mates. Um, do you want to quick tell me what a mate is? I just asked her to give me like the brief description of like what a mate is. Yeah, very, very simple things really tickle me. And it, it like, as evidenced by all the other episodes we've done up to this point, it doesn't take a lot to make me laugh. So you can imagine the kind of bullshit giggles I got when Sarah legit asked me to do, quote, mini research on what mating is. <laughs> like, it broke my brain. I know what, we, we all know what mating is, but it's just that no one's ever asked me to sit and then think about it in a way that makes it good to explain to other people. And I just had a time. I want you all to know that I started. A time was had. A time was had. I started this research by searching what is mating in Google, because that seemed funny to me. And what I found in psychology today was such a trip that I'm just going to stick with it for this mini research. So according to psychology today, scientifically mating is the set of behaviors that animals and people use to find a partner for intimacy or reproduction. Some behaviors are a little more like inherent to your nature or like primal. They're like being physically attracted to something. It's it's something that occurs kind of like on a chemical level in your body. Some of them are more performative and nonsensical like weddings, dating, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, the concept of monogamy stuff like that (laughs) um so there are kind of two different components happening there you all know we're all mating kind of uh in a subcategory of this article called the matter and attraction market which i found to be funny um there were several funny 
headings and answers are basically like in an FAQ style. Yeah. I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot of them, but there were a bunch of them and I picked one. So these are all just kind of the purpose of the page that I found for context is to kind of explain all what mating is and then sort of related questions people might have around that. And that's what this Q and a was. Yeah. But also remember it's psychology. So it's like psychology today handled these very common questions very gently. My favorite, which I will share now was quote, why am I still single to which psychology today said, I'm going to read the whole thing. I think we all need it. Okay. If you have cycled through numerous unsuccessful relationships, you may ask this question with a feeling of victimization. Why is the world treating you so poorly? You may, however, be operating under any number of self-sabotaging behaviors, including harboring a closed mindset, putting up defenses to protect yourself, isolating others, fearing intimacy, being too picky, being too rigid. I took that personally. Thank you. Psychology Today... Is it here to fuck around with your self pity world yeah. about <laughs> why you might be single? <laughs> anyway, wah, wah. that's the end of that research. I was like, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> On a book level, we love to use the word mate as like the idea that there is one individual person for you in the universe and you must, you are destined to be together. This ain't that actually. Uh, in real life, mating can be to have a full life partner you hang out with all the time. It could also just be for fucking and more yeah. naturally, it's it's like both on some level, but not as romantic as all that. I think the comfort level of, of the book term mate is the idea that like we are destined to meet uh -huh. them in some faded way and we are destined, we are made for each other in different ways. In this sense, they're definitely coming from the point of view of like, Akui is here to find your mate to help for the best breeding process. So yes, uh -huh, these uh -huh. men have breeding kinks and we'll get into that in a second. So she also teaches him how to kiss because he has never done that before. And this is uh -huh. foreign concept. And then of course, uh, this leads to him going down on her and them eventually having sex, which obviously that spur just worked wonders on her. Mm -hmm. um, and should, then by that should be the Kui. It just should be. I know it's not, but that thing yeah. should be called the Kui. I wish that were true, but it is not. It is a spur. But by the time they're done, her internal dialogue is, or I don't even know if she says this out loud or just internal. It's like, good. it's a good thing. You can't get me pregnant. Meanwhile, his internal dialogue immediately says, I can't wait till she's pregnant with my child. <laughs> Woo. Uh, communication Woo. is so important, you guys. You got to talk about this stuff. Before. But also, we don't speak the same language. I know. We are horny for each other. So he goes out and checks traps on the mountain before they leave. And he doesn't know um, why they're going up to the mountain. He just knows she wants to. So then he sees a frozen foot in the snow and finds that it's another human like Georgie, except for she's frozen to death. So now he's oh. like, oh, there are others of you. Got it. So then he shows Georgie the body and they rush up the mountain to get the girls. And everybody's excited to see each other. But they're like, mm -hmm. um, hey, Kira, remember Kira who has the little trans translation mm -hmm. app mm -hmm. on her head mm -hmm. um she mm -hmm. was like why does he keep calling you his mate because he's literally just keeps calling you his mate and like ugh. and georgie's like oh my gosh i thought this was casual like yeah i was like, I didn't, <laughs> i'm not trying to be i'm not really in it for a relationship right now like i'm not really open to a relationship i'm really dealing with personal things really right emotionally now. unavailable um but like these girls are like not being super judgy of georgie because they've now been in this like 
this ship cargo hold in their pajamas for like a week. And also like there's like a shit bucket. There's like, it's just like terrible conditions. And so Georgie's like, hey, honey, would you mind uh, making them a fire? And another girl's like, I'll blow them if you can make us a fire. And Georgie's like, "Uh, is that jealousy I feel? Okay. I just like... The mindset of these women is so crazy. And I know that we've been through a lot of trauma. But yeah. to so immediately be like, I'll suck your dick for a fire. Well, I think it was also, these women also had put together that these women, like that uh, Georgie had definitely slept with this guy. Because he's all over her. Yeah, why are so you like radiant? Yeah, And like, he's <laughs> all over her. You're just absolutely glowing. And this guy keeps touching your butt and his cooey's going wild. Well, and he, she keeps pointing because he had a rabbit or like one of his hunting kills on his belt and the women were like i want to eat that can we cook that and so she's pointing to his belt being like um can we take that and and he a man is like yes my dick (laughs) he literally asks her do you want to mate here right now and so translator girl is like why is he asking to mate right now and all the girls are like oh my gosh are you sleeping with that man so that's where like the i'll suck your dick for sure, sure. Come from. i do like that uh, i mean i i don't know if a head shake is a global uh, universal i don't know either term communication sign but it just seems like a, a a shake no might help they are starting to kind of pick up certain words from each other right um like cooey so now he looks around the room and he's now thinking in his internal dialogue, you find out that the tribe has like 20 unmated men and there mm. are only five women in the tribe. And most of them are already mated. So he's in his brain. He's like, our tribe is dying out. Yeah. And now I have resonated with another woman who is not of my kind. And now here's a shipload of other women. So could this be the answer to all of our problems? Hmm. But okay. uh, so, so anyway, he's thinking like maybe some of the other men will also resonate with some of these women and they all go to sleep in the cargo that night. And Vectel tries to like, he, he like him and her like go off to kind of like a dark area. So they're not like in front of everybody, but he tries to finger her and like everybody starts calling her out and is like, what the hell are you doing over there? We you're know getting, you're doing it. You getting fingered over there? Yeah. Like, are you serious right now? We've been in this shit for the last week, freezing our asses off and you're really getting dick over there. Anyway, <laughs> really getting dick over there. So she's, she's like, okay, maybe this isn't the best time and place to do this. And he's like, this is so weird because my people aren't shy about this. Like it's very natural. And like, Mm-hmm. Not that we're like doing in front of everybody, but also it's not something we're private about. So he's Super very confused. sex positive. Yeah. Also very like showing that there are different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns yeah. out our boy Vectal is the chief of his clan oh, um, nice. of his tribe. So they leave the women and go back to his tribe because they are all freezing. Like they can't leave barefooted and stuff to go into the snow. So they're like, we're going to come back with resources. You stay in this little cargo hold we'll come back with resources Mm -hmm. and help you so him and his lady friend you know him and georgie go out and like are going back but they stop at a cave at one point to rest and of course they have sex um and in that cave georgie notices a spaceship and the spaceship has essentially a series i'm gonna i'm gonna water this down so heavily that i need you not to be judgy okay (laughs) but we here's my disbelief i'm just taking i'm just gonna suspend it right up here Got it. Okay. So 
she finds the ship. Somehow she knows how to turn it on. Somehow she knows it has a Siri system. Mm -hmm. Siri tells her Mm -hmm. where they're at, what planet they're on, how far away they are from Earth. And is like, then we find out a bunch of information. Okay. Finally, Sarah, some straightforward communication. Yes. Here's some straightforward communication. In one of these books. Just tell me all of the pertinent information to the plot. Siri on the ship. So we learn from Siri that Vectil's people aren't even natives from here. Their oh. ship was actually crashed here, so it's not the most ideal conditions for them. So they found an organism that exists in one of the local animals that is called a Kui. And the Kui helps them evolve to be able to live on the not-Hoth planet. Okay? I see. I see. And I see. there are lots of elements like the, the cold, all that other stuff. But it also, there's a toxic gas in the air that is deadly to many species, including Vectal's people uh-huh. and including humans, that if they don't get it within a certain period of days, okay. if they don't get the Kui in a certain period of days, they will die because of this toxic gas. Uh, yeah. Who among us won't die if you don't get a Kui as soon as possible? I need a Kui ASAP Ferg. Die- Sarah's dying for a Kui, and if she doesn't get one soon, she's gonna die. one 800 Kui now. sorry so anyway so like vectal's people know about this because obviously when their babies are born they're not born with a cooey they call them kits when their kits are born they're Mm -hmm. not born with a cooey so they go out after a couple of days from the from the kit's birth and they'll kill the animal and get a couple of cooies in there's more than one cooey inside the animal okay they'll get a couple cooies they'll bring them back and put them into the into the baby so he knows that this is a process so this all gets um it's like an organ that essentially gets attached to them it's not like i was very much the whole time i'm thinking if anybody watched or read the host by stephanie meyer and watched the movie i did guys i have read that book yes so it's the idea that the cooey is like that little alien thing that goes in. Sure. You know, sure that's sure, what yes. I'm visualizing the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it makes so, your eyes look incredible. That was my core takeaway turns, from that book. It does. And it the cooey turns your eyes blue. So that's how you know somebody has a cooey in them. Mm-hmm. So then or um, they've done a lot of the spice melange and it's Dune. I can't say. And yeah, I mean, eye color changing is important in sci-fi. <laughs> or it's the early 2000s. You popped in some colored contacts. We all thought True. they were cool. We all True. wanted purple eyes. So the Kui also um, obviously initiates a mating bond that helps procreate. Okay. Because mm-hmm. procreating is essential to be able to live on not Hoth. Um, also, you find out that once you have a Kui in you, you cannot remove it. Otherwise, you will die because your body gets too used to its existence. So at one point, she's like, well, can I get a Kui and then remove it before I head back to Earth? And they're like, no. Actually, that's not how this works. I mean, it would be like saying, can I get a heart transplant? And then just go ahead and like take it out after I feel better. Yeah. So she also gets zapped with knowledge by Siri um, to know how to speak his language and understand his language. Now they can chat. Okay. Amazing. So they go back to his clan and they meet a whole slew of characters, including Rahosh. Rahosh. I'm not sure how you say it. Um, because it is an alien name. Think grumpy man with a broken horn. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so they obviously all these men are getting excited because Georgie makes like because women are here, Georgie's here. Oh my gosh, can we resonate with them? And Georgie's like, no, 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 this is not open season on women. Okay. 
We need to like, we have other priorities before you start mating these women. Okay. So there's another sex scene where she goes down on him and he's surprised because he's never done that before. Like, and I, I hate this idea that like in fantasy or sci-fi or like that they're like, oh, we're from different cultures and I know how to go down on you, but I don't know about you going down on me. Right. Wild. Yeah. I, it makes complete sense that I would know to put my mouth on your business but I'm confused when you reciprocate. When you, I don't know how that works, but that we prioritize this. We prioritize women's pleasure. That's what we know. And that's fine. So that's after they're done, he's like, I can't wait for you to have my baby. And now they're speaking the same language. And she's like, um, no, um, that's <laughs> not how that's working because I can't have your babies. Cause we're from different species. And he's like, Actually, that's like the whole point of a cooey, and we yeah, absolutely can. Our cooies are off the charts. Yeah, our cooey is working phenomenally. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. So then um, a group of men come out with them to get the girls. And mm-hmm. when they roll up, Georgie hears someone purring. And Georgie's like, which of you mother effers is purring? <laughs> which of you just resonated? Who imprinted on my daughter? Who imprinted? You imprinted on my daughter? Oh my gosh, what a great reference. I've been waiting to make it for like a oh, while. And I've just known that you. it would come up. Thank <laughs> you. But she was like, really, you guys? Not right now. Okay, this is not our priority. So then all of a sudden the purring stops. <laughs> I just imagine like this really quiet moment and all of a sudden it just like dies down. Guess we're not <laughs> destined to be together or whatever. Um, turn my cooey like, off. I guess I'll just turn that off. Um. Then she has a really honest talk with the girls about kind of everything she's learned. And the women are now like, okay, do we go with these horny men or do we stay and have the chance to run into those smuggling assholes, mm-hmm. aliens, bad guys to come back again? No, we're heading out. So then also some of the girls that, uh, oh, sorry. Remember those girls that were in the test tubes? Yes. They were like, hey, we should wake them up. So that they don't go back with the bad guys because they've been asleep this whole time. And then Mm -hmm. we're like, also we're fully prepared for them to have mental breakdowns because it would be traumatizing to not only just wake up in a spaceship, but then go from, Hey, I fell asleep. They think that they're still asleep at home in their beds and then like wake up on not Hoth. Tough stuff. Tough stuff with men vibrating around them. It's so weird. Spurs everywhere. Spurs everywhere. So um, then they wake them up. Obviously, it's mass chaos also on the way over to the spaceship they stopped at that one other little spaceship in the cave and some of the Mm -hmm. men got zapped with english because they were so excited and wanted to like hit up these ladies okay get zapped with english interesting yeah get zapped with that english so then as they're like kind of packing up the girls sensors go off like those little tracking devices in their arm and signaling that the bad guys are coming back for them and they're like oh Let's cut and run, okay? Better and so oh. they literally cut them out of their arms, um, oh. those tracking devices, and, like, left them in the ship and then, wow, like, headed out. Yeah. So then on their trek back, they somehow come across this super rare a- animal that has all those cooies inside them. And I'm imagining, like, a woolly mammoth, by the way. I don't mm. know if it's accurate, yeah. but I like to imagine that. Yeah. Anyway, the men take it down. The women get their cooies. obviously Georgie (laughs) is the first girl to get a cooey and after getting the cooey um she like her chest is like she wakes up because she passed out Uh and she wakes up and she's purring and she's warm and she's very horny Uh 
uh-huh. very horny. And so her and Vectal go into the woods and mate because Got no it. one can keep their pants on. No one can. Um, I assumed then, they weren't wearing pants this whole time. Oh, no. Sorry. They've been wearing. They're wearing like furs and clothes and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but as she was out cold, Rahosh or whatever is it? Rahush, Rahush. Mm-hmm kidnapped liz that uh honky tonk girl from the beginning yeah. and you're kind of like shit you were the one purring shit son <gasps> of a bitch okay grumpy man you can't just kidnap women because unless you, you intend to. to be one of the books in this series later which i which don't know she is the second book so well, and it's go. very much <laughs> enemies to lovers so yep. that then they see that spaceship come back into the sky and they like like do something with the cargo hold but then they disappear forever yay so then they go back with the tribe and now this starts obviously the 22 books in the series Mm -hmm. and there is an epilogue that includes like a hunting trip for georgie and vexel and then there's a novella where they go on a honeymoon also she ends up taking those uh the friends who didn't survive and buries them like properly oh that's nice having them out in the snow that was kind of like just that one frozen foot just vibing in the snow yeah pretty much but that Mm -hmm. is essentially the end of our book Mm -hmm. um i watered a lot of that down because this book is like literally 215 pages or something and a lot of it is just description again it's a fun time i did read the second book it is also a fun time i do think it's probably the same plot over and over again but yeah who am i to judge they're a good time um, so that is our book. What are your final thoughts? I, I knew I would love the plot of this book because yeah, I knew it would be nonsense and I wasn't disappointed. Um, so I'll say when we, as we're scoring here, diversity wise, I do believe there are some women of color in the book. Okay. But yeah, I, was I don't know say, how we can really, I don't know how I'm going to give you a diversity rating on the alien book. Yeah. Per se. I'm going to give it a one because, look, we obviously have very thin women who are obviously fit and blah, blah, blah. But not saying that you can't be curvy and fit. But, like, it was very much sending one message. Uh, right. Very hetero. Um, very, uh, yeah. Our main girl, I believe, is white. I, on the cover, she's at least white. So yeah. I, um, I can't really, I can really only base it off of the human character's obviously okay so what well, same what, yeah it's same you're same gonna do one what yeah. do you think of the plot i love the plot this is like a, a four plot for me i didn't have the best time i had a four plot too what do you think of smut um yeah i mean i'll give it based on the information i've received today a four there's frequency it's wacky it's it's like it's spicy because it's not literally not human yeah and I also gave the smut a four. I think this will be on the higher end of smut that we consume. I'm not going to go too dark with our smut stuff sure. because of trigger warnings, unless we get a special mm-hmm. request. Um, this is the newest cover. Um, I was going to say that is fancier than I imagined it yes, in my brain. The older cover was very much um, a woman holding on to a naked blue man. Um, very early two thousands vibes. Um, but this was when they decided to actually print copies. And so they, uh, they got fun with it. Can you just quick describe it for us? Yeah. The art in this one is beautiful. So there is like, uh, Vexel Georgie kind of silhouetting each other 
they're the main image. Uh, Georgie is like the, the main image you see her. Long hair, all frozen, cool spear, beautiful blue dress, looking fabulous. Incredible makeup, highlighting and blush for being yeah. dumped on a frozen planet after being abducted by uh, actually unrelated aliens. Um, you can't see the face of Vexel, so you're just gonna have to guess what his face looks like. But you can see sort of like almost nose down so he's got like a very strong jaw and he seems to be pretty buff and he's got long dark hair and it is super avatar (laughs) yeah um you can see there's like details of snowy mountains and my favorite is that up in the corner there's just like a little flying saucer it yes it's uh for how very like avatar also ice planet this is the ufo is like the most stereotypical UFO you could envision yeah. in your head and just kind of float and far away in a corner. <laughs> it sure is. And also you can't quite see, but his tail does come and wrap oh, around. Oh yes. There is a little at the bottom. It's blue and there's like a little bit of dark fur at the end. It's liony. I guess all so, I can really tell you. What are you giving the cover? Because I think for this cover, for what the book is, it's actually a five. I love this. I love the art on this. It's a five for me too. I, I think it's sincerely beautiful cover art. I think it is too. I think she got really fun with it because it mm-hmm. did get picked up by, I don't know if they technically own her stuff now, but uh, Penguin Random House does oh, sure. have her now. Um, her st- They're printing her stuff now. But this overall for both of us came at a 70%. So I think what really killed it was the diversity, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, to be fair, there were blue aliens and that's what in its own way, kind of diverse. Absolutely. What was your, what the smut moment? My, what the smut moment hmm. or say smut. So smut. I, there's one, this is a very small detail to get very fixated on. And I know you think that's going to be the spur and it's actually not. Um, I was alarmed about what this person's fingers look like, what this what this guy's fingers look like, yeah. and how you describe them. It reminded me in my head pretty instantly of everything everywhere all at once hot dog <laughs> yes. fingers. I had this thought when reading. It that's been in my head this whole time. Um it it's they're not that long, um, obviously. Or but they are like pretty bendy square. but wiggly. It's yeah, it's not it's a lot. I'm glad that you're hung up on that one. Obviously, I love <laughs> yeah. the spur. I you thought love... it was going to be. I love the spur. Look, we love the spur. I, I, I'm not opposed to any of it. The part that that made me be like, but why, though, is a personal hang up I had coinciding with a, a movie I really enjoy, which is everything yeah. everywhere all at once. But Highly recommend. Yeah. But Highly recommend. I do have to say the fact that she was so horny for him so quick was a little bit of the plot with the, with the smut. But that's true. But I, then again, also waking up to a the cooey wants, man the going cooey down wants on me. what it wants. Um, wants but wants. hey, that was our book and that we was our it. report. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks so and, much. You know, go find your cooey out there. Go, yeah. Get, find your cooey and make it feel good. Goodbye. Bye.